Section 15 of The Lane That Had No Turning. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. The Lane That Had No Turning and Other Tales Concerning the People of Pontiac by Gilbert Parker. The House with the tall porch no one ever visited the house except the little chemist the avocat and medallion and medallion though merely an auctioneer was the only person on terms of intimacy with its owner the old seigneur who for many years had never stirred beyond the limits of his little garden at rare intervals he might be seen sitting in the large stone porch which gave overweighted dignity to the house itself not very large an air of mystery surrounded the place in summer the grass was rank the trees seemed huddled together in gloom about the houses the vines appeared to ooze on the walls and at one end where the window shutters were always closed and barred a great willow drooped and shivered in winter the stone walls showed naked and grim among the gaunt trees and furtive shrubs none who ever saw the seigneur could forget him a tall figure with stooping shoulders a pale deeply lined clean-shaven face and a forehead painfully white with blue veins showing the eyes handsome penetrative brooding and made indescribably sorrowful by the dark skin around them there were those in pontiac such as the cure who remembered when the seigneur was constantly to be seen in the village and then another person was with him always a tall handsome youth his son they were fond and proud of each other and were religious and good citizens in a high-bred punctilious way at that time the seigneur was all health and stalwart strength but one day a rumour went abroad that he had quarrelled with his son because of the wife of ferret the miller no one outside knew if the thing was true but julie the miller's wife seemed rather to plume herself that she had made a stir in her little world yet the curious habitants came to know that the young man had gone and after a few years his having once lived there had become a mere memory but whenever the little chemist set foot inside the tall porch he remembered the avocat was kept in mind by papers which he was called upon to read and alter from time to time the curé never forgot, because when the young man went, he lost not one of his flock, but two, and Medallion, knowing something of the story, had wormed a deal of truth out of the miller's wife. Medallion knew that the closed, barred rooms were the young man's, and he knew also that the old man was waiting, waiting in a hope which he never even named to himself. One day, the silent old housekeeper came rapping at Medallion's door, and simply said to him, Come, the seigneur. Medallion went, 
and for hours sat beside the seigneur's chair while the little chemist watched and sighed softly in a corner now and again rising to feel the sick man's pulse or to prepare a cordial the housekeeper hovered behind the high-backed chair and when the seigneur dropped his handkerchief now as always of the exquisite fashion of a past century she put it gently in his hand once when the little chemist touched his wrist his dark eyes rested on him with inquiry and he said soon it was useless trying to shirk the persistency of that look eight hours perhaps sir the little chemist answered with painful shyness the seigneur seemed to draw himself up a little and his hand grasped his handkerchief tightly for an instant then he said soon thank you after a while his eyes turned to medallion and he seemed about to speak but still kept silent his chin dropped on his breast and for a time he was motionless and shrunken but still there was a strange little curl of pride or disdain on his lips at last he drew up his head his shoulders came erect heavily to the carved back of the chair where strange to say the stations of the cross were figured and he said in a cold ironical voice the angel of patience has lied the evening wore on and there was no sound save the ticking of the clock the beat of rain upon the windows and the deep breathing of the seigneur presently he started his eyes opened wide and his whole body seemed to listen i heard a voice he said no one spoke my master said the housekeeper it was a voice without he said monsieur said the little chemist it was the wind in the eaves his face was almost painfully eager and sensitively alert hush he said i heard a voice in the tall porch sir said medallion laying a hand respectfully on his arm it is nothing with a light on his face and a proud trembling energy he got to his feet it is the voice of my son he said go go and bring him in no one moved but he was not to be disobeyed his ears had been growing keener as he neared the subtle atmosphere of that brink where man strips himself to the soul for a lonely voyaging and he waved the woman to the door wait he said as her hand fluttered at the handle take him to another room prepare a supper such as we used to have when it is ready i will come but listen and obey tell him not that i have but four hours of life go good woman and bring him in it was as he said they found the son weak and fainting fallen within the porch a worn bearded man returned from failure and suffering and the husks of evil 
they clothed him and cared for him and strengthened him with wine while the woman wept over him and at last set him at the loaded well-lighted table then the seigneur came in leaning his arm very lightly on that of medallion with a kind of kingly air and greeting his son before them all as if they had parted yesterday sat down for an hour they sat there and the seigneur talked gaily with a colour to his face and his great eyes glowing at last he rose lifted his glass and said the angel of patience is wise i drink to my son he was about to say something more but a sudden whiteness passed over his face he drank off the wine and as he put the glass down shivered and fell back in his chair to our short chemist he said and smiled and was still end of section fifteen